behind along the way. I think we're on verse uh, 8, 10. Um, and so, um, if you've gotten behind, my encouragement would be, like, don't try to catch up and remember all the verses. Just start with the next one and try to get on a roll and go from there. If you haven't gotten one of the, the memory uh, uh, books that has all the verses in it, we have a couple back on the table still. So, anyways, we're going to try to keep uh, plugging away. It is the verses, uh, well, TV 10, 24, and 25. So, uh, turn to your neighbor next to you, and if you know the verse, share it with your neighbor, and if they know it, have them share it back. And if you're new with us, you know, just relax and, um, you know, you can check the person next to you, make sure they've got it word for word on the on the thing here. Um, I guess maybe you can't check them. Jen, maybe you want to put that back up. We'll just see. If your person's sharing the verse, make sure they're not looking up here if you don't mind. Um, I'm going to watch for eyes while you guys are doing this. So. Another shot out there? No? Okay, good. Well, 
Let's throw some candy out there just for fun. Some M&M's. Jeremy, like M&M's? No? All right. Cover your head there. It could hit you. Um, one thing that's fun, a little fun, you know, it's good to think about these verses. Again, the goal is to try to put them into action. Can I see that verse again? Is that all right? Um, uh, this verse has, one of the things I like about it is it has, um, I like to think of it as the lettuce verse. If you guys follow me on that, it's got three different forms of lettuce in here. Um, it has lettuce consider. It's got lettuce consider how to spur one another on. You know, we've got to think about how can we spur one another on to love and good deeds. Then there's another form of lettuce here. Let us not give up. Meeting together. And then the last form of lettuce is let us encourage one another. So, the good lettuce verse here. I had fun with Andrew. was practicing on him. Andrew, did you get it memorized after all? Yeah. <laughs> I was picking on him last night. Jeff and I had him uh, cornered as we were at Christine's birthday party there. And uh, we were reviewing verses with one another. And he was kind of going through it slowly but surely. And he got to the part here where he goes... Um, uh, he's gone all the way through it, the first sentence, the second one, and he got to, let us not, and he got stuck. And so I look at him, I go, give up. And he's like, what? I said, give up. No, I'm not going to give up. I said, no, that's the, that's the word, let us not give up. And he's like, oh, oh, oh. So, anyways, that was a good one. I should have got it memorized by this morning, though, but... We'll keep plugging away on these verses here. So the next one will be, um, it's A11 in your little booklets here. I forget what it is. We'll have it in the siren in our email this week, but it's verse A11. So keep working on them, keep plugging away, and let us not give up. Um, So I'm going to pray, and we're going to jump into Acts chapter 13 this morning. So actually, if you want to get ready here, um, get your house Bibles out. There should be one under your seat here, and we'll get it turned to the right page. It's page 1092 if you have one of the house Bibles here. If you brought your own Bible, then you're on your own. Acts chapter 13. Let's see here. So, Acts 13. We're going to look at Paul. Um, some things we can learn from Paul's preaching in this chapter here. Um, we're going to go ahead and pray. We'll read the chapter and we're just going to look at three examples from the Apostle Paul that I think we could all learn from here. So, if you guys would, let's just bow our heads together and we'll pray. Well, Lord Jesus, we uh, thank you for bringing us together this morning. Thank you that you... Um, have this church in the habit of meeting together, that we have not given up on meeting together, Lord, that we are in the habit of doing that as you've called us to. Help us as we meet, Lord, to be encouraged by one another. Help us to be encouraged by your word this morning. Pray that um, your spirit would speak to each one of our hearts. Lord, you know the details, intimate details of every person in this room. And I pray that you would speak right into each one of our worlds this morning through your word and through your spirit. Help us to learn. Help us to have sensitive hearts, soft hearts that, um, like the verse says today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. Help us, Lord, to have soft hearts that will hear from you today. Um, God, I pray that we would just all be encouraged and spurred on in our examples of love and good deeds here by the Apostle Paul. And we pray together in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. I'm going to start reading here. And um, if you remember, the last time we were in Acts chapter 13, we got all the way to verses, verse 13. So we're going to start at verse 13, and we're going to go to the end here. And um, 
I'm just going to, as we read, let the story set the, the table for us that we can see what's going on, that we catch the context of the situation. Basically, we have almost a transcript of one of the Apostle Paul's messages here, and we're going to look at a few things we can learn from that. But uh, we'll just read along together. The first section here is definitely full of like, it's kind of like a tongue twister with P words. So bear with me. I picked up a cold here this weekend, so I'll see how my pronunciation goes. But anyways, verse 13. From Paphos, Paul and his companions sailed to Perga in Pamphylia, where John left them to return to Jerusalem. From Perga, they went on to Poseidon, Antioch. On the Sabbath, they entered the synagogue and sat down. After reading from the law and the prophets, the synagogue rulers sent word to them, saying, Brothers, if you have a message of encouragement for the people, please speak. Standing up, Paul motioned with his hand and said, Men of Israel and you Gentiles who worship God, listen to me. Uh, The God of the people of Israel chose our fathers. He made the people prosper during their stay in Egypt. With mighty power, he led them out of that country. He endured their conduct for about 40 years in the desert. He overthrew seven nations in Canaan and gave their land to his people as as their inheritance. All this took about 450 years. After this, God gave them judges until the time of Samuel the prophet. Then the people asked for a king, and he gave them Saul, son of Kish, from the tri- of the tribe of Benjamin, who ruled forty years. After removing Saul, he made David their king. He testified concerning him, I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. From this man's descendants, God has brought to Israel the Savior Jesus, as he promised. Before the coming of Jesus, John preached repentance and baptism to all the people of Israel. As John was completing his work, he said, Who do you think I am? I am not that one. No, he is coming after me, whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. Brothers, children of Abraham, and you God-fearing Jews, it is to us that this message of salvation has been sent. The people of Jerusalem and their rulers did not recognize Jesus. Yet, in condemning him, they fulfilled the words of the prophets that are read every Sabbath. Though they found no proper ground for a death sentence, they asked Pilate to have him executed. When they had carried out all that was written about him, they took him down from the tree and laid him in a tomb. But God raised him from the dead, and for many days he was seen by those who had traveled with him from Galilee to Jerusalem. They are now his witnesses to our people. We tell you the good news. What God promised our fathers, he has fulfilled for us, their children, by raising up Jesus. As it is written in the second psalm, You are my son, today I have become your father. The fact that God raised him from the dead, never to decay, is stated in these words. I will give you the holy and sure blessings promised to David. So it is stated elsewhere, You will not let your holy one see decay. For when David had served God's purpose in his own generation, he fell asleep. He was buried with his fathers, and his body decayed. But the one whom God raised from the dead did not see decay. Therefore, my brothers, I want you to know that through Jesus, the forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. Through him, everyone who believes is justified from everything you could not be justified from by the law of Moses. Take care that what the prophets have said does not happen to you. 
Look, you scoffers, wonder and perish, for I am going to do something in your days that you would never believe, even if someone told you. As Paul and Barnabas were leaving the synagogue, the people invited them to speak further about these things on the next Sabbath. When the congregation was dismissed, many of the Jews and devout converts to Judaism followed Paul and Barnabas, who talked with them and urged them to continue in the grace of God. On the next Sabbath, almost the whole city gathered to hear the word of the Lord. When the Jews saw the crowds, they were filled with jealousy and talked abusively against what Paul was saying. Then Paul and Barnabas answered them boldly, We had to speak the word of God to you first. Since you reject it and do not consider yourselves worthy of eternal life, we now turn to the Gentiles. For this is what the Lord has commanded us. I have made you a light for the Gentiles, that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. When the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and honored the word of the Lord. And all who were appointed for eternal life believed. The word of the Lord spread through the whole region. But the Jews incited some of the God-fearing women of high standing and the leading men of that city. They stirred up persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them from their region. So they shook off the dust from their feet in protest against them and went to Iconium. And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. So there we go. We have a pretty long chapter there, but we have the story of of Paul and Barnabas coming to another Antioch. Uh, A couple weeks ago we talked about Antioch in the territory of Syria. And this one is uh, Antioch that's in the territory or the region of Poseidia. And so um, two different locations here. But they come to town. They go to the synagogues, as they were kind of in the habit of doing. They went to the Jewish synagogue there, and they just joined in what was going on there. And I think as Paul shares the gospel, we're just going to pull out, you know, this is this 40-something verse. I think there's 40, 39 verses we could look at today, and we don't have the time for that. We're really going to just look at three verses, pull out three examples from Paul that we could copy, that we could follow today. So let's look at um, the first one here. The first thing, the first point to have for us, the first example we can follow is just this. Be seeking opportunities to share Jesus. That seems kind of maybe plain and simple and straightforward. You might think I'm preaching to the choir here. But I think even the choir needs a little freshen up from time to time on what we should be doing, what we even came to this city to accomplish. As we look at Paul's uh, example here, this verse, you know, I like it says... Um, After reading from the law and the prophets, the synagogue rulers sent word to them saying, Brothers, if you have a message of encouragement for these people, for the people, please speak. You know, I think that it's easy to go, oh, well, you know, of course it's Paul, the Apostle Paul, they knew he was there. They, they would have, you know, if he was in our church, we'd want him to speak. We'd be, cancel the message for today. Let's hear from the Apostle Paul, you know. Um, but this was a Jewish synagogue. This was not a Christian synagogue. This was, um, you know, was, Paul had a Jewish background, but obviously Christianity was um, a whole other way of thinking. It took the scriptures and the prophets and, from them, they found Christ in them, and uh, and that's you know where Christianity came from. But it came from this Jewish foundation. But it was not like, oh yeah, they just showed up in church and hey, you're a missionary from another city. Why don't you preach here? This was kind of a a pretty big deal, you know. And um, and also, you know, the, one of the things I want us to catch in this, there's the verse there, but. This was not an accident. You know, sometimes we could read this and go, Why? Wow, that's really random. Paul shows up and they just want him to preach. 
this was not an accident, folks. This was not some sort of random happening that, that uh, you know, they show up in the city and the synagogue and they just randomly get asked to preach. Paul was on a mission. Paul was carrying out the same mission as uh, the rest of the apostles, that they were told to go take this good news into all the world, to the ends of the earth, as our, um, you know, the, the theme has been for the book of Acts. And so Paul, he came to the city. It wasn't like he was looking for work. It wasn't like he was like, hey, I've got family in this city. I should go visit. Paul was looking to tell people about Jesus. It was no accident here. Um, and I think we can learn from Paul's um, example here. You know, I, I have a feeling that it could have been the case that Paul and Barnabas and the company they were traveling with, I would not be surprised if they spent the day before in prayer and maybe through the night praying about this opportunity that would arise on the Sabbath in the synagogue. They knew people would gather there as was their tradition and I wouldn't be surprised if Paul and Barnabas, they might have even prayed and fasted the night before before they showed up here. And so when they send word and they say, um, hey, you guys, brothers, they weren't talking about Christian brothers, they were talking about brothers um, being the sons of Abraham, so of deal. But they said, hey, if you have a word of encouragement, why don't you get up and share? And, and you know what? I, you know, if you think it's an accident, you, I think you miss it there. I would not be surprised if Paul looks at his buddy Barnabas and he goes, they go high five or, you know, like pound it, lock it down, and they get up and he starts to, um, he starts to preach. You know, it was not an accident. I'm, I'm sure they were expecting something from God. They were looking for God at work. And sometimes we want opportunities to share the gospel. We want to tell someone, but we're like, well, I wish that would happen to me, but are you really looking for opportunities? Are you seeking them? These guys were seeking. They were serious. They were on a mission, you know, and um, the verse I have there is Matthew 7, 7. If you want an opportunity, Jesus said, ask, and it will be given to you. He said, seek, and you will find. He said, knock, and the door will be open. And Paul was in the habit of seeking and asking and knocking, and this, this opportunity uh, was not an accident. I think about a verse that was shared in the prayer meeting this morning. Andrew shared a very encouraging verse. It's uh, Luke 19.10. It says, uh, And the Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost. Jesus came here to pursue those people who needed to hear the good news about what He was going to accomplish. Paul was out in pursuit of people. It wasn't like he sat around and like, Oh, wow, hey, there's a guy. Maybe we should ask him to share something. He looks you know, important. Paul was in pursuit of the souls of people. And, and it, like Jesus said, seek and you will find. Look for opportunities, you will find them. You want to share your faith? You want to share about Christ? Are you expecting God to do that? Is it in answer to your prayer, to your searching, to your knocking? I hope that would be the case. Um, I think about this, uh, the next point we have here is just um, encourage you to develop like a, a mission trip mindset. How many of you have ever been on a mission trip before? A lot of us have been on a mission trip. And, you know, the thing about a mission trip, it's like you set up someplace you're going to go. You have a purpose. A lot of times that purpose includes we're going to the city to share Jesus with people. And maybe we're going to help build something while we're there. Maybe we're going to help uh, move someone. You know, maybe we're going to do some sort of service and we're going to share about Jesus there. And sometimes I think we have to watch out for what I call a... You know, it's easy to become a mission trip hero. You know, it's like you go on a mission trip 
And you show up and for one week you're sharing the gospel more than you have all your life and you go back home and you turn back into the regular old person you were. But on a mission trip you were a hero. You know, and I, when I've been on a number of mission trips in my life and to some degree I felt like I experienced that. I'd go and show up and I'd be like sharing the gospel like a crazy person. There was no one I would not share with and, and I'd see people saved and it was just this really cool thing. But I'd come back home and I'd be like, well, why didn't I do that like the week before I left on this mission trip? And why don't I do that the week I get back? But I think we have to catch that, that mindset, the mission trip mindset. I love going on mission trips still today because I go and I get a taste of something that should be going on all the time. It should be a part of our daily life. Paul had a, a mission trip mindset for his whole life. He was sharing the only reason he came to this city, it wasn't because it was a good market for making tents. Paul was a tent maker. Hey, I should go to Pisidia, Antioch. I hear there's a, a great demand for making tents here. Now, Paul wanted to go there to tell people about Jesus. He didn't go there because he had relatives. He hadn't visited a long time in that city. His relatives were in the other neck of the, the world. He was going to tell people about Jesus. He had a, a mission trip mindset. And I think we, we need to be seeking these opportunities. It's something we can learn from Paul's example here. Look at the next thing we can see. This is another one. Be ready to share Jesus. Look at the verse. Again, this, this might go, well, that's a no-brainer. Be looking for opportunities. Be ready to share Jesus. I could give this message, Rich. Well, good. Come on up here. Help me out here. Um, but um, be ready to share Jesus. I think of this, this verse here. Standing up, Paul motioned with his hand and said, Men of Israel and you Gentiles who worship God, listen to me. Um, you know, for one, I think about what hand motion did he use. It says this a number of times about Paul. It says he motioned with his hand. I'm like, I wish, you know, it's probably like the secret motion. He goes, come here, guys, we're going to talk. You know, I don't know what it was. He started doing the something. I wish he knew the hand motion. He could have been like, like Tom Short gets out on campus and he starts clapping loud so the people will start wondering who's clapping and then they start listening to him. But I wish we could learn the secret hand motion that Paul had here. That's, that's a side note. We can, I'm sure there's a lot of commentary and thoughts on that. But, um, but anyways, I like that. So Paul... They say, hey, you guys got something you want to say here? Paul, he high-fives Barnabas. They pound it. He gets up. He starts to preach. And um, for Paul, you know, when I'm talking about getting ready here, there's obviously the, the mission trip mindset, but there's also um, having your heart ready to share. Paul stands up. They're in this service. He, he doesn't know if he's going to share or not. I think in his heart, though, he was ready. And they say, hey, you've got something to share. He stands up and goes, hey, let me tell you something here. And he says, standing up, Paul motioned with his hand, men of Israel and you Gentiles who worship God, listen to me. He got in their face in some city, in some church service that, you know, and he got there and he was bold. His heart was ready to roll. And I think sometimes we're like, God, please give me, give me a chance, you know. I'm, I'm just praying, ask and seek and I wish I could find a Opportunity and some opportunity comes and go. Oh no, you answered my prayer, you know. And uh, and then then we have a choice: of, do we walk into that opportunity or do we like? Oh, maybe next time the grace of God will cover me, you know. Um, um, sometimes we do that. Sometimes I've done that. But I'm saying, be ready. Have your heart ready for action. There's a verse that says, you know, have your mind prepared for action, but have your heart ready to roll. Because if it's not, and you're throwing an opportunity. 
you know, courage doesn't just come out of nowhere. You gotta get your heart ready to get bold and start sharing with people and, and get your heart ready and pray about it. And, and if you're in the habit of praying and looking for opportunities, you know, like this verse says here, you'll, uh, Proverbs 21, 28, 1 is, the righteous are as bold as lions. If you're ready, you'll be ready to get bold and like Paul. Hey you, I don't know who you are, but listen to me. I've got something to tell you. And this guy was bold, and we can learn from that example um, that Paul had there. So, um, and then, you know, another part of being ready is, do you even know how to share your testimony? Have you ever shared the story that God's given you? Um, do you know how to share the gospel? If you're put on the spot and someone says, hey, here's this guy, I think he's a Christian, why don't you talk to the class about your faith? You know, what would you do? Would you be like, uh, maybe next week, or, um, you know, I wasn't ready for that? Or would you be ready in your heart and with your testimony or with the gospel? You know, if I were you, I'd be carrying gospel tracts. I don't know how many times I go, I wish I had a tract that I could give given to this guy right there. And when I do, I unload them like, you know, like they're just easy to get rid of. And I think we have some back here. We have some in our closet. But I encourage you, have a tract or a couple of them. Try to get rid of them as best you can. Give them to someone and say, hey, have you read one of these? Most of the times people are like, no. And you go, well, here you go and, and be on your way. Or if they're a friend of yours, you can be like, let me know what you think about that. Or if they say, I have read one of these, tell them to read it again. You know, um, but you got to be ready. Be equipped. You know, it's been encouraging in the AIM meetings we have on campus. People have just been sharing their testimonies. And I think some people are sharing their testimonies for the first time ever. But once you share it the first time, you know, you can, you're more comfortable with it. You can share it again and grow in confidence and you can kind of share different facets of your story. But I encourage you guys to be ready for the opportunity. I've had times where I dropped the ball, where an opportunity was given me and I didn't have a track, or an opportunity was given me and I was thinking, uh, yeah, but the, the Broncos game's coming on. You know, I, I, I gotta go here. My heart was distracted. It was not ready. Um, but I've had times where I was. I had the right mindset. My heart was ready to go. I remember this one time, the, a few years back, but I was going through the process of where um, I was leaving my job at, at Hewlett Packard to go on staff of our church up in Fort Collins there, some of you, community church. I was going to be full-time staff person with our, our college group up there. This was before the rock started in, in Fort Collins. And um, um, But anyways, I had to leave my job. It was a nice salary for a single guy, a nice software engineering salary, and I had to go get my salary by asking people one at a time, hey, here's the ministry, here's what God's doing in my life and our church, and it's a campus group, and they can't even hardly afford school, much less to support a ministry like we have, and would you be willing to to help out through prayer or through financial giving? And I had to talk to literally hundreds of people and share the spiel. And along the way, you know, it just, it became this, it took about eight months to raise the salary that I needed. And it was just like this journey where I'm like, all right, God, what do you want me to do today? I know i got the people to call. I'm looking for gospel opportunities. This is going to be awesome. I was just looking for God everywhere. And I remember this one guy. I was given a contact uh, to pursue, and he was a, a well-known uh, old surgeon in Fort Collins. He worked on, he does a specific form of back surgeries and things like that. So a friend had said, hey, you should talk to him. He's a Christian. And he's probably got a lot of money, and I'm sure he'd love to help you. And so, you know, I gave this guy a call, and I kept calling him, and he was real busy. And finally, he's like, yeah, come on down to the office here, and um, we'll talk, you know. So I'm thinking, good, and I don't know, it's kind of like a lunch break. It was a later afternoon sort of deal. He's like, yeah, come on down. I show up, and I ask for him, and they're like, yeah, just wait. And he's busy right now. And 
Um, and then he comes out and then he starts talking to other people in the office and he's like, yeah, come with me. We're, we're having a little birthday celebration for this uh, secretary here and we're going across the street to Einstein Bagels up there and why don't you just come join us? And so I'm like, sure, you know, I want to talk to him. I'm, I got an opportunity here. So we go to Einstein Bagels. They're, they sing happy birthday to this girl. They bring her out, a, I don't know, a bagel with a candle in it. Something like that. And there's probably uh, a dozen people, give or take a few. I don't remember exactly, but a bunch of people I didn't know. The one guy I didn't know also, but he invited me to show up and I was going to talk to him. But at one point, he, he kind of gets everyone's attention in the circle. And he says, um, hey guys, just a second here. Um, you know, I, I want to introduce you to my friend Rich. He's on fire for Jesus and he wants to share some things with you. And I was just like, oh, okay. I didn't know any of these people. I didn't even know him. And he didn't say it in a very cool way. You know, it's like um, some of you know Steel Crosslight out of Salt Lake City. Steel says, this is my friend, Rich. He's on fire for Jesus. Listen to him. You know, people are like, yeah, I'll listen to him. This guy said it in a real cheesy way. This guy, he's on fire for Jesus, you know. And uh, it was kind of just very awkward, you know. And I just stepped right into it. And I started sharing my testimony and what God had done in my life and how He changed my life and turned it around and how I was reaching people for Christ at CSU. And I just shared the whole spiel. And, you know, some of them were looking at me like, you know, who is this guy? Who invited him to the birthday party? And um, but by the time it was done, I felt like I, I had walked into a God-given opportunity. I shared my testimony with people who I had a feeling had not darkened the halls of a church in a long time. And, and I got it done. And I just felt like... Uh, God had me ready. I had the right mindset. My heart was ready to go, you know what? We're going to preach Jesus in the bagel shop here and trust God with the results. But my point is to each one of us, we've got to be ready. You've got to be ready to share Jesus. You want to share with effect, uh, see God do cool things? Get ready. I think of that song. Some of you know the song. We sang it at Faith Walkers. It's on the radio. It says that line in there, I'm ready now. I'm ready now. I'm a terrible singer, but... Um, it's only because I got a cold here, that's all. Um, but I encourage you to get that song. And when you sing it next time, go, am I really ready? If God brought me an opportunity at 12 noon on Sunday to share the gospel, am I ready now? Or am I really distracted now? Or am I really a chicken now? Or am I really, you know, want to be somewhere else now? I encourage you, be ready to share Jesus. That's what I mean by this point. Let's look at the last thing here. Um, the last point we have is this from Paul's example is be aware of who you're sharing with again sounds like a no brainer and probably it is in a lot of ways but think of the number of times Paul if, if you look at this passage when he speaks he starts off the whole thing addressing his audience whenever he starts talking he always just uh, addresses his audience at the very beginning he said men of Israel and you Gentiles who are worshipping God he starts off addressing his audience um, you know Jesus, he, Jesus even did this when he was talking to people even when he's talking to his father he says father and he goes on with his prayer That's, this is a when you're speaking look for who your audience is a lot of times they tell you what, what you're going to share depends who you're sharing with um, later on this verse here he says he gets a little more personal instead of men of Israel he says brothers Brothers, children of Abraham, and you God-fearing Jews, it's to us that this message of salvation has been sent. And, and he's again connecting with the world. One more time, he calls them brothers again. He just is connecting with their world, with what they have in common with one another, which 
in this case, he had in common the Jewish faith, the Jewish tradition, the Jewish background, and yet he wanted to use that as a springboard to tell them about Jesus. And, and we need to know who are you sharing with. If you're sharing with someone personally, a friend of yours, what's their background? Do you even have a clue? Because sometimes we go, I've got my message. You know, it's kind of like an answering machine or something. Push play and just hear the whole thing out. But sometimes we do that without considering who we're talking to, with what sort of background they came from. Maybe they have a church background. Maybe they don't. But there's things we should take into consideration um, when we share. And I think about here, this one, Paul's talking to people of a Jewish background. So what does he do? He quotes, um, he quotes from the Old Testament, the Jewish you know, scriptures there. He quotes David several times. And in that, he uh, shows them where the Old Testament, the, things, the very things they read every Sabbath, um, they were talking about Jesus. And he goes, hey, look, this is talking about Jesus. This is talking about Jesus and the resurrection. And here's, the con- you know, here's the, therefore, the truth about this whole thing. Um, he quotes, hey, make sure in your response, there's two ways to respond. You can miss the boat like the rulers did back in the day in Jerusalem, or you can have forgiveness and be justified. Um, be just as if you've never sinned before. There's two different worlds here. And he says, make sure, be careful, you're not like what the prophets, again, he's quoting here from, I think, Isaiah, no, Habakkuk here, but he says, don't be like those guys that he say, hey, something amazing is going to happen, and if you don't catch it, if you don't wake up, you're going to miss it. Part of me wonders, they, they read from the prophets that day, they read from the law. I would not be surprised if they did not read one of these very passages right here. From David, from um, one of the minor prophets here, Habakkuk, I wonder if this was not the very thing they read. And he goes, hey, I can use that to point to Jesus. And he did. And he got in there. And that's, that's how he related to, to these. We're going to look in uh, chapter 17 in the future here. Where Paul's in the city of Athens. And he, he's addressing these people. And he starts, he kind of does a little, uh, like verse uh, 17 uh, and 8. Chapter 17, verse 18. I'll just read it to you real quick. When he's in Athens, he says... Uh, it says of Paul, he was talking to these philosophers and things, and it says, they were, they were kind of making remarks at him, but it said they said this because Paul was preaching the good news about Jesus and the resurrection to the philosophers in Athens. And he, the way he went about it was he had walked around the city, he saw some of their religious things, some of their spiritual beliefs, and he used that um, in his preaching. And again, he took the God that's unknown to you, he said, hey, look, I'll tell you, this God is unknown. Let me tell you who he is. He quotes from some of the uh, poets of the time. He didn't quote to create new doctrine, like, well, this poet from their culture stumbled onto something. He, he took their poets and said, you know what, this points you to Jesus. This is the, real, this is the one true answer. This is what you guys are got unknown. Let me, let me proclaim it to you. And, and we just have to be like that in our own lives. Uh, another example we have is a, some of you might know the, uh, the missionary Bruce Olson. There's a book about his life, uh, Bruchko. How many of you have read Bruchko? If you haven't, I encourage you to get a copy of this. This is the first biography I ever read and because it's in large print and it's only like a, 150 pages long or something. It was, it was good for me. I was not the greatest reader and, and still not. But um, Bruchko is like, it's a captivating book where this guy, I think at the age of 19, went down to South America and he, he's looking for a way to share with this uh, tribe of um, Indians down there that uh, they're very rugged. They're kind of the kind that kill their neighbors type tribes. And, uh, and he had this heart to go share Jesus with them. 
And he had to learn Spanish just to kind of communicate, to figure out where he was going to go to meet the tribes. And then when he got to the tribes, he had to learn their language. Once he learned their language, he tried to figure out how do I connect with their world, with their language, and point them to Jesus. And you know what? He found a way to do it. And he had different breakthroughs where one of their paradigms for life was they kind of had this thought about each of you has got your own trail through the jungle. And you've got this different trail that you walk and you kind of personalize it. But they have this concept of, of God and he walked the perfect trail. And somewhere in their own culture, in their own story, was the idea that they got led astray from the trail of God and they were following their own greedy trails and they wanted, they had the concept of getting back on that trail. And he was able to communicate to them, Jesus walked that trail. If you want to get back on that trail, follow Jesus. And he used different things that spoke right into their culture to point them to Jesus. He didn't take Jesus and try to, you know, uh, change the doctrine and things that are in the New Testament about Jesus. He took what they had. Well, he started right where they were at, and he took them to Jesus. And uh, that many of those in the tribe got saved and became Christians. And it's an amazing story. And I think this is the, the updated version here of the book. It's just a fascinating thing. But we need to be like that. We need to be aware of who you're sharing with. I encourage you if you're sharing with friends, you know, figure out. One of the first questions I, I ask in a conversation, just when I'm barely meeting someone, is like, what sort of church background do you have? And right from the get-go, you can figure out, you know, they say, well, I was brought up in a Catholic church. And so I go, oh, so did you do that first communion? Did you go through catechism? And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, and then I got to college and I did my own thing. And there's some stuff in my story I can relate to that. And Or, you know, they go, well, I was brought up in a Lutheran home or a Methodist. And some of these different ones, I go, you know, bells start going off in my brain. I go, okay, in the Catholic world, it's like maybe there's a lot of religion, but I think a lot of people miss out on the relationship with God through Jesus Christ. In the Methodist, Lutheran world, I was in an Episcopal church. It was kind of like we had a lot of things. We read the Bible, but we just, um, you know, I just missed. I never knew about Jesus personally dying for me. I confessed my sins every week as a part of prayer. I took communion, but it was never this personal thing. And so I love when I meet someone from that background. I go, hey, you've got a great foundation here. Let's, let's point you to Jesus here personally. Um, and so I encourage you to look through. If they have no background at all, well, then you can start laying a foundation of thinking for them, even like Paul did in Athens. He, take them all, he took them all the way back to, so you've got a creator. God is not made out of stone or rocks because that's just silly, the complexity you have in the human life that, to think that that would have come from a a carved image. It's just, you know, and he tells them, God overlooks that ignorance now, but he calls everyone to repent. And, you know, and he tells them about Jesus. But you just start with, they have a creator, and ultimately we will all give account to our creator. And Paul shared with the Athenians that uh, Jesus is that creator. God showed it because he, rose, rose, he died and rose from the dead, and he will judge everyone for either rejecting him or those who look to him for forgiveness will find it as well. So we just need to Meet them where they're at and point them to Jesus from there. And Paul was a master of this. And I think we could all grow in this as well. So, um, you know, again, he quoted there and uh, the Bruchko story. But So, to restate this point, just be aware of who you're sharing with so that you can more effectively tell them about Jesus. Um, those are our three examples we're looking at from, from the story this morning. A, a quick review is... Um, you know, um, first one, be seeking opportunities. Be a seeker. Jesus came to seek and to save. Sometimes we talk about churches need to be seeker sensitive. You just got to be real careful about who's there because you don't want to offend them. 
Well, you know, that's not in the Bible. Paul was sensitive. He just knew where they were, and then he told them about Jesus. And you know, some people got offended. Jesus, I never heard of that. It sounds dumb. He's not one of the, he's not one of the Greek gods, and why are you telling me about him? Well, Paul always pointed them to Jesus. There's a quote about Paul that says, In Paul's preaching, all roads lead to Jesus. You know, sometimes we, we kind of go the other way. We go, I start with Jesus, and I just want to end up where they're at because I don't want to offend them. I don't want to... Well, Paul, he met them where they're at, and he always pointed them to Jesus. That's a good example for us. But we've got to be seeking opportunities. We've got to be ready in our heart, ready to roll. And we've got to be aware of our audience, of who we're talking to. And I think each, if we follow Paul's example in those three things, that we will all grow in effectiveness of sharing Christ. So, and hopefully that's, it's right in line with what we're talking about in our small groups, in our house churches. We're talking about being more effective, uh, growing more mature, being someone who, you know, I've been there, done that, I heard that, but I've just never uh, taken the next step of leading someone else to Christ and helping them grow in their faith. And, and I think God wants to grow our church and, and mature our church in, in leading others to Christ. But let's just pray and we'll be on our ways this morning. Oh, Lord Jesus, we, we just thank you for that you were a seeker, Lord, that you didn't sit and wait for us to find you, but you came to find us. You, you came to pursue us. You loved us so much. You, you came into this broken world that ended up murdering you, killing you, and calling you a, a sinner, and accusing you of even having demons. And, and yet you came here to pursue us, to take on a punishment we deserved. And we thank you that you were a seeker, that you were seeking after the lost, that you seek after each one of us. And Lord, I pray that we to follow your example. Lord, we thank you that Paul caught your heart, that he had a heart to seek and pursue after those who did not know you. Lord, I pray that we would catch that same heart. Help us to grow in, in asking you for opportunities and seeking um, you for opportunities and knocking on the door until you open the door of faith for somebody. Um, Lord, I pray that you would prepare our hearts. Give us bold hearts. Make us stout-hearted. Make us brave hearts with the gospel. And Lord, I do ask that you make us aware of who we're sharing with us, that we would use some things to our advantage, that we would use wisdom and insight to point people to the one and only Savior, Jesus Christ. And we ask this together in your glorious name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you guys for joining us this morning, and hopefully we will uh, catch you next week with Acts chapter 14.